hello, hello. How goes it? It is going amazingly well. <laughs> wow, it's great to see you. You too, you too. Welcome to the Lift Oneself podcast, Tyrone. I appreciate you being here. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, I greatly appreciate um, all that you do, you know what I mean? And like you said, I appreciate you as well. Who knew, right? All, all these years, we'll be sitting here, you know, having a conversation, right? So, no, thank you. How is your heart doing? Uh, doing pretty good. Doing much better than we, before we started. So, I'm feeling great. And it's pumping, I think, at a normal rate. What can you thank COVID for? Being home. And trying back to balance out myself. That's one thing that COVID did that's good uh, for myself and the family. Just working from can't see morning to can't see night and can't see no money. No, that's, that's what was my prayer before COVID. So being home now, spending time with the family really um, helped me to balance myself in a sense where it was always a struggle for balance. You know, always a struggle for balance, right? So we showed me that, that, that we knew, you know, or we heard that money wasn't, you know, you know, the end all be all. And we all acknowledge that, but we needed it to, you know, pay our bills and stuff. But COVID let me see that. No, bro, no, bro. It's way, 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 way more to life than, you know, you're trying to chase um, this money. So that's the good that it brought in balance more to my struggle of life. So you recently published a book called The Proper Way of Interacting with the Police. I want to take a moment and (laughs) cheer you on. I have been encouraging you for years to bring forth more empowerment and to speak to the people. Can you share with the listeners what inspired you to write this book? I remember you and I having a conversation a while back and I was letting you know my intentions of expressing myself and you're like, listen, just go out there and do it. It's a gift that you have, right? And, you know, a lot of us can say we have it, but to actually somebody to actually keep reminding you and keep reminding you. And I said, you know what, let, let me let me put it in a in a presentation form, because why? I work with the police, uh, Ottawa police for about five years and the city of Ottawa um, as a liaison between, you know, the police and the community. I'm trying to bridge the gap between, you know, our community from the Caribbean as, as a, you know, and the police who don't have a proper relationship, right? And I noticed the interaction, you know, the, the good and also the bad, right? When it comes to dealing with the police, the trust by, uh, by us and also by them. I started out doing a doing presentation to anybody who would listen for free, really. Just go on, on Zoom and um, present to people that wanted to, uh, to listen to, uh, you know, how to properly deal with the police. But the main objective for me, it wasn't so much dealing with knowing your rights. And this is what I tell, try to tell people. Because why? You can be, you can know all your rights, but still end up dead, right? So I wish we saw in, in countless cases, you know what I mean? So the main objective was to get us home alive. The motivation or the inspiration came from watching so many of us losing our lives, which at times I thought we could have, we could have, uh, I'm not blaming us, don't get me wrong, right? We could have, um, you know, avoided uh, a certain, certain way of, um, how we said certain things or how we carry ourselves, right? The purpose was, you know, I'm going out, you know, and, and, and trying to, to, to get our brothers and sisters to just learn how to properly. And I made it clear, it wasn't the only way to interact, right? But I thought it was the proper way that, you, you know, the suitable way where you can make it home 
to your family. I appreciate that you were in the trenches. So you were in the system. So you saw it from a police officer's point of view and also understand it from a citizen's point of view, understanding it from a Caribbean point of view. So it's not just one or the other. It's merging the dynamics of the two, because being a police officer, I really appreciate how you said once there's movement, you need laws, you need rules to be able to make sure that there's not chaos. And I think a lot of people don't understand the impact of how much trauma police officers go with always being on edge of, is my life going to be at risk because I'm there to serve and protect. So that means I'm going in hostile situations. And when you go into hostile situations, people have to understand those people are agitated and their fight or flight system is activated. And if you don't know how to regulate yourself, you are blindly being taken over in action by fear. We can get insulted, take things personally. And what a lot of people may not realize, what trauma does is a feeling gets activated. So your present situation, you think you're back maybe 10 years ago in another situation. So what the person is saying to you You don't clearly hear because that feeling from the past is being activated. And that's why it's so important to be in touch with yourself and understand, oh, wait a minute. Yes, the system is very flawed. The system has its biases. You are correct when you are seeing the things that are going on. Yet the main objective is get home safe, get home safe. And there's other means. That's it. There's other means to argue this point. That's what I was trying to establish um, in being um, out there working with our, our young brothers and sisters, you know, because I get to see it, like you said, from a, you know, liaison point of view with the police and liaison with the community. Right. So when you see how we interact, and how you know we carry ourselves, and I try to get this point across. What the police officer may perceive as a threat, you might say, "Brother, come on, no, come on, no, sister." That is that's not a, no, but that's what how the system is designed. Where law enforcement is the only job, really and truly, if you look at it, who can say I perceive whatever you have? It could be a guitar, and and I, I mean that's a natural case. It could be a phone. It, it, it could be, this is what the officer, uh, um, and I'm not speaking as an officer, right? Don't get me wrong. I'm speaking now from uh, um, seeing and studying these cases, right? Before I wrote this, this, uh, this book. And speaking to, to former uh, officers or current police officers as well, whom, whom I am friends with. Look, at, look how it's always written. It is how or what the police officer consider a threat. If I am 6'3", 230 pounds, and you're 5'8", 125 pounds, to you, even though in my head I'm not a threat, but to this female officer, she sees somebody like me, she said, well, you know, I perceive that. And that's the language I'm trying to get the young brothers and sisters to understand. If she perceives it as a threat, it is written in that coded language where they now end up getting away with you being shot because they perceive you moving your hand towards their gun. 
as a threat, right? Which which I can understand that. But you, you in your head, you're saying I wasn't moving my hand towards your gun, right? So it's the it's the only job, really and truly. You look at it, not the fireman, not the ambulance or first responder. No, the police have the the literal authority to say I perceive whatever you hear, whatever it is, as a threat, and then you end up now losing your life. So yes, I said earlier, you might be uh, right in what you're saying, but you can't take on that Caribbean mindset, you know, shoot me and see, or slap me and see, you're still going to be dead, right? And that's what you're experiencing. That's what I'm seeing when we have these uh, presentations. What do you mean, Brother Tyrone? I ain't no punk. He can't do that. No, Brother, but you're still alive, sister. You still, you made it home. And like you said earlier, you can now go to the court system now, even if you don't get justice, but you're still alive. You see, authority is a very tricky thing. And I understand what people are, are, if people would just realize roles are roles. And within the roles of these systems are still human beings. And human beings that have flesh and feelings and personal Mm. lives. Mm. So as much as you take an oath and you're supposed to be regarded as a high, if you don't have the infrastructures to support yourself and deal with your own personal lives, Absolutely. that has an impact on how your perception is on the outside world. Absolutely. And as much as we esteem it as a certain way, we also have to remember it's human beings. Yes, and you want to make it to family as well. Like you want to make it on their family, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And how things are interpreted is going to be very different. What we're learning is that we don't know how to communicate with each other. It takes educating too, where if people are timid, being around Caribbean people, you'll be freaked out all the time because they're loud, they're boisterous, they're animated, where you think they're always arguing with each other. Maybe there's a point that, yeah, why are we always shouting and having to be so talking on top of each other and all this kind of stuff? Yet that's just part of the culture. And for some, that would be like, what do you do? Like, it's scary perception. And so if you're not used to that, you think there's something really wrong. You don't see that this is the way that we communicate. And police officers, as much as you would like the system to be on top of everything, it has its own biases that we're only going to see it this way. And we're not going to include the diversity fall into place. You best believe that. Where the system, we're starting to challenge a system of, no, there's diversity. We're not falling into place. Yeah, you have to understand when to say that narrative of we aren't falling into place. Because the system can still take a lot of authority. And there's nothing you can do about it. We just found over 1,300 bodies for a resident school. Now. If that doesn't say what systems can do, then be mindful. Absolutely. And it's it's and I want to hold the space. It's understandable of the rage. It's understandable of the anger. Yet, you know what? We as a community have to hold space and allow these stories to be told, processed, danced out, sung out so that we can see another possibility. This dismantling of everything and just eradicate everything. It's like, and then what? What are we going to do? Well, you, you, we need law. Like we said earlier, you know, you, you, let's be clear on that, right? You definitely, you're right. You can't just go 
stomp everything out, right? But there's a balance to the thing, right? Because like we said earlier, if you have motion, you have to have law because you're going to have chaos. So imagine, you know, nobody decide they're going to obey the stop the stoplight or the stop sign. So we need law, but you have to have people with proper mindset to regulate those laws and make sure they are applied equally to all, regardless of creed, class, or color. So you can't just have a system where, and clearly it's not working. Because if, if you were gonna tell me an indigenous person is 10 times more likely to be shot by the police in Canada, not in the state, we're talking about the states now. So for people who are telling me, you know, we have a competition with them and they're like, you know, Brother Tyrone, that's, that's the states. No, sir, this is Canada. They made it clear, the stats showed that an indigenous person is 10 times more likely. Still, even after the history, you're still, the chances of you getting shot down 10 times more likely than a Caucasian person. And as you, as you said in the book as well, brother like myself, you know, or, or, the, or the British in the Middle East, you're 3.8 times more likely to get pulled over. Why are we just criminals? Are we just, right? So you have to be able to maneuver in a line like that. You, you, you can't just be out here because eventually, if you're getting pulled over, eventually you're gonna have an encounter with the police, right? So you have to know how to properly uh, conduct yourself. And that's, you know, the purpose of, uh, you know, me putting that out there. Yeah, and I appreciate it. it it's difficult when a people have been marginalized and oppressed. Yeah. It, it, they're tired. That's it. I'm tired of having to explain things. Yeah. I'm tired of having to, you know, be a certain way or, or just take the BS from things. I'm tired. That's it. And then that becomes that you don't even regard your own life. You don't even see the fragility of it. That's You're it. allowing that oppression to really win. And as you discussed earlier, you know, I share this with the young brothers mainly, not some of the sisters. I share this with the brothers where they asked me about the lion and the hyena that we put in the book, right? And these are the actual, these are actual uh, um, things that we talk about when they do the presentation. I try to give them a, a, a better picture as to what they're dealing with. And you said, talking about, you know, you're tired of, you know, we've been under oppression for so long. Well, the same way we are tired, they know we're tired. As I explained uh, in there, that um, you take a, a, a lion from the jungle of Africa, you domesticate that lion, you breed them and feed them in a bottle, you domesticate it, you kill them off, domesticate this cub, and you did it for four generations. Very symbolic for the 400 years you've been over here, right? So that lion now become domesticated into a little pussycat. But innate ability of that lion is still laying dormant. So the trainer, he knows or she knows, you know what? You know, what, what, what's that guy? What were those two guys? Sig, Siegfried and Fried? You remember those two lion, those two guys in the circus? They're lion trainers, right? Or, or tamers, I should say. But if you remember, if you recall, the lion help up help uh, end up mauling one one of them. Why? Because they know there's something innate in you that at a certain point that lion goes. Hold on a second. I am 400 pounds of raw physical physique. Why am I sitting here in a circus jumping through hoops? No, I'm not going to stand for that anymore. The same way the lion knows that, the trainer knows that as well, or the tamer knows it as well. So the police, the system itself knows that. So when I'm explaining to the brothers, they may see you as, as a one lion, right? Even though you're a pussycat. 
but they know there's something laying dormant in you that they say, well, what if this lion decides, you know what, today I'm going to be a lion and not a, and not a pussycat. So that's why you see all these other police officers, you know, who's 30 seconds away, you know, on one brother or, or two brother, you have five cop cars, right? It's just the way the system was designed. And I said it earlier, we're not anti-policing. It's clear something has to be done because how are you going to be 10 times more likely to be shot than, than um, your counterpart? Anything that says anti for me, I run away because that means you're not getting in uncomfortable conversations. There we go. We're not acknowledging both sides. Absolutely. There's no anti nothing. Absolutely. Go ahead. It's uncomfortable conversations that we're going to have to acknowledge on both parts. Go ahead. Because yeah, we don't, don't want to do that. It, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. And it's like, we're both dancing. So obviously the dance, we need to call out now. And so any anti this anti, I'm like, mm, how about we understand why it's here? Absolutely. Because once you understand something, then you can find the solutions. But if you're trying to change it, but don't even have a concept of why it was created or what's here, you're just going to be rolling around, wasting energy. Let's go beyond the behaviors and find out why. It's not about looking at symptoms anymore. We need to get to the root causes. Absolutely. That requires going through things. What do we like to do? Bypass and jump over. (laughs) But, you know, you still have to go through it. Like birthing is still a a process of going through. Even if the belly gets cut open, you're still going through something. You know, what I'm, I'm learning too is we don't know how to lean into fear. Absolutely. That's a good point. With these children being dug up mm. with by the residential schools. Another 751 again. Yeah. So we're up to, I think, 1300. Jeez, and what my thing is, is mm. why are people like, I'm like, you're shocked. Well, mm. that clearly shows that you haven't been listening. That's it. What I know to be true is those in power have control over the narration of history. And it doesn't mean it was telling the truth. We need to acknowledge that us as humans, we can do some nasty things when we don't hold our own fear and we don't own it and are not responsible with it. Oh yeah, We're trying to avoid it right now. I'm going to tell you without the nerve to tell you, just get over it. I, I don't see nobody telling, you know, the survivors of the Holocaust, just get over it. You know what I mean? Every every five to ten years, there's a new movie coming out about what happened, right? And rightfully so, don't get me wrong. But don't just tell us, ah, yeah, so what? He raped you. Big deal. Move on. Really? Just like that. And I'm seeing this. And we're not talking about, you know, 1520s, 1850s. You know, you know what I mean? People acting like we're talking 400, 500, 600 years ago, right? This is this present is, moment. That's it. Happen in the in what people consider the greatest country. It's present Canada. moment. Yeah. That's why when people are like, well, I didn't do it. It's like you inherited it. We yeah. all have to recognize we have biases. We all have it. Absolutely. 100%. And we have to, those that have been oppressed also have to recognize you have a lot of anger and you could end up doing the same thing that those people did to you. Just you think you're justified to do it. That you think you're doing it in a loving way. There we go. And that is the work of like, that's what warrior work is. 
of sitting with your fear yes. and unifying it and not getting into that black and white separation and wanting to project that out. Absolutely. And that takes being, taking time with the self. That's the part that we don't understand. That inner voice, it lays down with you, with you, it bathes with you. Whatever you're doing, that voice, call it whatever you want to call it. You want to call it Jesus, Allah, Mother Nature. Like I said earlier, yeah, you can't hide from that. I don't care what you say. You cannot hide from that, right? You can't even take a vacation in the islands. That's coming with you. (laughs) That's why I meditate. Your nervous system records all the time. Absolutely has one default setting. Mm. Don't die. And where we've been bombarded with all kinds of commands and rules and regulations that we were even talked out of the self. You just keep yourself in that little, no, I can't go over here because my religion said that. I know I can't go over here because my way of life said that, right? Yeah. And it's holding that control. Any religion that, you know, don't allow you to express yourself, what would you be a part of that religion? And question it. When if you can't question authority, then what kind of authority is it? Our nervous systems are not our own nervous systems. Mm. Our ancestors are in us. Mm. It is generations and generations of nervous systems. So so when you come to understand your ego trauma. Yes. If you really can go into that, you come to see that, oh, the energy that you didn't understand all through your life is you're holding on to ancestors and you're the voices of all that. And you have to be able to usher it in. Mm, all of that. Think about what you just said. All of those hundreds of, of thousands of, of uh, um, ancestors that, you know, went through good things. Yes. But also experiences, the trauma. Mm-hmm. That no, I am taking on. So people say you have a different personality and you're wondering why you're, you're expressing this side to yourself, right? And you think to yourself, man, why, why am I like that today, right? And I 100%, I totally see what you're saying. 1,000%. So imagine that now, living with that um, experience. I mean, the, the negative side to it. Or like you yeah. said, getting whipped, getting raped, getting pillaged, and, and all that in your community. And the, that, that's going to drop in, inside of me. And then your own people tell you, just don't talk about it and just push it through. And that's just what people do. That's just what we're supposed to accept. And I appreciate this younger generation. They're like, oh, no, we aren't doing this tolerating garbage anymore. Trust me. they are. We're calling out and we're healing now. Oh, yeah. That's why people can understand them. That's why they're like, these people are, they're rebellious. And you have to be, you have to be rebellious. You're not getting nothing done without that. If you understand trauma, there's wisdom in it. Mm. Yet, if you don't know how to lean into fear, you are emotionally charged all the time because you don't know how to feel Mm. in your authentic state, not the mass that have been put on to you in your authentic state of feeling. Not my my representative, right? Not that that other person that I'm trying to hide from people. Yeah. And we do a good job. We think of hiding that person, right? But you and I know he's still there. Or she's still there, whatever, whatever you want to cut. To cut. Or, you, or you're disconnected from it so much that you don't even know who that is. And so when you start coming back into connection with it, you're like, I'm losing myself. I'm losing my mind. It's like, 
Oh, because you've been separated from your authentic way of feeling that you, it is so vulnerable that you are repulsed by it. Mm. Wow. That's, <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is 1000% on it. Yeah. Honor that a couple of times. You know, especially as men, right? You know, man, oh yeah, you're bridging, man up. Yeah, talk about man of the ball, man of the express themselves. Yeah, big man. I'm only nine. <laughs> and it's funny, you know, that you said that. It's funny we have this competition right now. I was expressing to my sister over the years, I finally figured out why we had a tumultuous relationship. And I was finally able to have a conversation with her, you know, as far as coming to healing. And that bothered me not for years, years, not being able to come to her aid physically as her older brother. And I was finally able to express that to her. And that's what led to, you know, our healing. Um, I mean, years, a good 20 years um, of her not being on the same page. You know, when she come to the city, I have no pushes in the city. What kind of foolishness is that? I'm your older brother. I've never done nothing to you physically, but in my head, I look back at it and realize, man, yeah, nobody actually taught me how to actually express my feelings towards my younger sister as her older brother, because I never saw my dad and my uncle, you know what I mean, did that. Same thing with chasing tail. That's our culture. You know, man must have enough girl and girl in a bundle. But I started to say, hold on a second. If I don't want my woman to be giving me bun, then why would I be doing, you know what I'm saying? But that's how we were raised. That's, that's what I saw. I thought that was the norm. And I blame, you know, I, I rationalized disobedience then, you know. Even though I knew it was wrong when I got older, I still kept on doing it because, you know, I just rationalized the madness, right, to justify, you know, my foolishness. And that's why you see most of us today. Most brothers, we trying to justify the foolishness. So we, we will just, you know, make up all the excuses. Well, no, no, she, I can do what she can do. No, brother, if you don't want it to be done, you don't do it to her. Call it whatever you want to call it, right? If you don't want it to be done, to, to that significant other, then don't do it. And then we have no issues, no problems, you know what I mean? But yeah, that, that healing process, it took me a while to finally come into my understanding of, this is why your sister don't see you in certain way like this, because you were never, and you never spoke up for her, you, you know? I thought us being there physically was enough, but no, I saw the trauma, like you said earlier, that it caused not just on her, but on the family, you know, being the only daughter and having four, three older brothers, and we just there physically, but not being there for her physically. You know what I'm saying? You know, emotionally. Absolutely, absolutely. It took you were there much. physically, but not emotionally. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Because I didn't understand that emotional part of it. You know, mm-hmm. to be with your sister who's out there with a the child and gone from home, and you know all that stuff. So I justified it. Well, that ain't my problem. She did what she wanted to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I could have been there for her as a, as an older brother who knew better in that sense. So it took me a while for us to repair our relationship. See, they knew better. It's a dangerous space for me to say because we don't know how to access it. We don't know how to be empowered to trust that inner knowing because we've been talked out of it. So then we can start attacking ourselves that, well, you knew better. You just didn't listen to yourself. And it's like, you didn't realize you were talked out of believing in that and you evilized it. Absolutely. When you go into the healing, you're still beating yourself up. That's so true. I was literally there literally six months ago, literally, you know, like, okay, but the we finally fix it. But man, I knew I knew better. Man, you're on it 1000%. 1000%. 
one thought. It's like me and you were talking before about this conversation right now. I swear to you, one thousand percent. Because you're like, man, come on, brother Tyrone. Or you are out here giving people these advice and helping other people and your own sister. And I knew better and I knew better. And I kept on saying that to myself. Do you know what the missing part is? I didn't know how to trust myself. Mm, I got you. I didn't know I had the capacity to experience pain. 100%. Mm. Wow. Yep. You want it. Mm -hmm. And again, to lean into that fear that I'm going to listen to that small, still voice and go against what the tribe is telling me to do. Absolutely. Because in our ancestral nervous systems if we went out outside of the tribe Absolutely. we were by ourselves and we would die mm. Mm. and so that little small voice of seeing you just were talked out of being able to trust that and do it differently wow no, and I that's the healing i see why you do this podcast now i really do you know because we need a space for that and especially especially like i said you know, I can only speak in our our community because I, I live this life, you know what I mean? And I'm sure there's other communities that go through this as well. But I know I work with enough youth. I have enough experience working with, 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 within myself and trying to understand how to apply now this thing where my children don't go through it exactly. They, they're going to they're gonna bump their, their... They're their, going to pick up their stuff. Absolutely, right? But, you know, if I can help them minimize it, like I said, you know, by, by like you said, just at least expressing that. Because, you know, in all of my life, I started with this for a while. I never heard, my, even though I know love to me, I describe it as a verb, right? But it's good to hear it. I have never heard it, and never is a, hard, is a, is a, is a harder, but I, I can't recall hearing it from my mother, even though I know she does, because, you know, what she does, right? But just to hear it as well, which is an organ that I need to hear it from, right? I never heard it. And for years, I struggled with that. Over, I'm, I'm the basketball, I'm the top basketball player in my school. Nobody's coming to my game. You know what I mean? People are seeking to bring me over in the States. No mom is at my game. You know what I mean? And I didn't mention my dad. Never hear him express, you know, later on down the life, don't we get WhatsApp, you know, oh, yeah, yes, yes, Ty, I love your son, you know, but never actually get a conversation uh, with the parents. And for years, you know, I said that until I finally said to my mom, you know, I, I appreciate, um, even though we never heard it, you know, I'm going to let you know, based on what you did, leaving the bank, leaving the hotel, you know, I know you couldn't have come to the game because you came to the game. You have five of us, right? You couldn't have came, to, you know, to the game because what? Who's going to feed us? You got five of us trying to, trying to um, you know, we're grown boys trying to eat. I'm my sister, right? So we finally had that conversation and just, I like I lost 20 pounds. I'm not even, and I was in great physical shape, but it's like I lost 20 pounds just finally mustering up the courage to say to her, Mom, I don't blame you. Um, uh, I don't hold you responsible anymore, you know, for, um, you know, what I thought was my shortcomings and, you know, us being, you know, you're not being there for us because I saw what you did, you know, physically, even though I would love for you to say, you know, that you you, you loved us, uh, um, in that sense, but I didn't hold you liable anymore, you know, and not just saying that alone, I lost like a half of my, a half of my body weight that literally just went out, um, you know, the window. So I'm in agreement with you 1000%. I don't know why we have this conversation, but you know, it's, it's, it's for a reason, right? You, you brought acknowledgement and you validated yourself. 
you validated that it hurt that my mom wasn't there. 100%. It hurt that I didn't hear you say, I love you. Not just putting a mask. Well, that's what she did and all this kind of stuff. It's like, no, there was a little boy all the while that needed this and didn't get it. 100%. And now I'm going to take that blame off of my mom because now when I see myself, I can understand, well, if she wasn't able to express it to me, I can imagine the relationship with herself inside. Absolutely. And now I'm going to be that parent. Absolutely. 100%. And I'm going to connect into that and acknowledge like, yeah, that was overwhelming and it hurt. 100%. I'm not just going to pretend like it didn't mean anything. Yep. Being a truth teller has <laughs> a high risk. <laughs> it has a high risk. We're seeing less and less of our Martin Luther Kings or Nelson Mandela's or Malcolm X's truth telling. It's a high path. Absolutely. And it takes a trust in something that is not in the worldly structures of belief systems and all that. And it's scary. And these are the things where we have to acknowledge. I think more and more, we're not seeing these big higher kind of modeling of people because now it's like, no, all you have to show up. It's no longer one head that's going to guide everybody. Like you have a savior and everybody else can hide under that umbrella it's actually, no, you, the people now, if you, we need change, we all have to start showing up and we all have to start coming into the uncomfortable conversations and acknowledging things. See, that's the thing. I like what you said there, acknowledging things. You know, you always have this one person who is very religious, right? So I'm telling you from experience now, you know, and one of the scriptures that people like to quote is, um, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge, but we like to stop right there. But if you keep reading it, and that's not what it says. It says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Why? Because they reject knowledge. Right? So y- you can't just sitting on the wayside knowing what you know. Like that's what you're saying, you know? You can, and we're going we're gonna to pray that somebody come and help us. No, no, no. The knowledge is here. The evidence is here. You are just choosing to reject and apply what you know, what you heard. Like you said earlier, how much more do you need? How much more... Uh, um, speakers do we need? How much more authors do we need to, 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 to come now and speak on our behalf? No, we have uh, uh, enough authors, pe- people, authors, I beg your pardon, spoke on our behalf. But you were rejecting that, right? The facts, the evidence is here, right? But we are rejecting that, right? So a lot of, yeah, you're going to find that. I find that in all the, all the groups I've been through, you know. Fascinating, we, isn't it? You have that, right? <laughs> Fascinating, isn't it? <laughs> I'm like, wow, opposed to listening to anything. And that is a dangerous space to be in. If you're not even willing to listen, that you think you're so right, that you're not even open to see that possibly certain things you're doing are harmful. Absolutely. How do you support your mental health? Man, (laughs) you know, over this past year and a bit, if, you know, if you told me that I had that, I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm good to go. But I'll tell you this, eight hours, because I've been home for the past year and a half, eight hours at work, I likened it to the equivalency of me being two hours at home with the children. So mad respect off, hats off to my wife, was being home, taking care. Eight hours at work, I equal it to eight hours, uh, sorry, two hours at, at home. So how do I help to deal with the mental aspect of it? Because it's there. 
And I found myself getting some headaches before. I'm like, that's not me. You know, that's not my thing. And I realized it was the home stress and not being home for so long. And now that I'm, I'm home, now I didn't know to adjust properly. You know, we're dealing with that. So I had to take myself away uh, uh, from work and start spending time with the children and doing what they want. Also, not just what I want. You know, I like to play basketball, so we're going to play basketball. No, you might not want to play basketball, right? So it was always my what's the self, you know, gratification. I find that don't work for my mental health. So what's been helping is now allowing myself to express myself, yes, but also for the youth to express themselves and we all express ourselves uh, together and take the time out to yourself. You know, I never used to do that. You know, take my time out and just enjoy nature. I never had that, you know, because <laughs> like I said, you know, growing up in the islands, you know, that's, that's considered, you know, I mean, that's soft, right? <laughs> Let's be honest. But I realized that over the years. No, man, this, just this one and a half year of being home. Take time out, go to the park, and you know, go into the to Gatineau Hills or whatever, and just relax or get off the phone or you know whatever it may be. You know what I mean? That helps me a lot, and, and I love to listen to to music. That helps me tremendously. Old music, not this new stuff that they got these days. Old music, you know, fifties, sixties, and seventies and eighties, right? Really bring a, a, a smile on my face. And my wife said to show my dimples more, so that kind of helped me um, a lot. So yeah, that's how I deal with with the mental, you know, because it helps. And I realized it over the years. I thought I had it under control until I was actually home. And I realized, no, this thing is is actually not what it, it's all cracked up to be. I'm going to bring you into a reflective question. You're going to bring this awareness right now. And you're going to go back to your 18-year-old self. What are three words you would tell that 18-year-old self? It can either be formed in a sentence or just three individual words, yet it can only be three words. Mm. Patience, act, listen. Why? Because I realized I lacked the patience that was needed at 18 years old to act upon what I should have acted upon. And I should have listened to that inner voice that we said earlier that you can't hide from it. You know, that was telling me um, what to say, when to say it, but also how to say it. And I didn't listen to that. So those three words that came to my mind um, when you asked me that. Where can people find you? So you can find me on Instagram, uh, on my, you know, Tyrone Bob. And you can also find me on Facebook under the same name, T-Y-R-O-N-E, and Ba is spelled B-A-U-G-H. My email is um, Tyrone underscore same last name, Bob, at yahoo.ca, not .com, but .ca. You can also find um, the book on Instagram, right? It's on my page as well, but you can also go purchase it in the Kendall form and also hardcover copy at uh, amazon.com if you're in the States or amazon.ca if you're in Canada. I want to thank you for being on the podcast. I want to thank you for being an amazing human. I have known you since you were in your teens, babysat for Javon for me when I was in my younger ages, so I could uh, <laughs> go let out some steam and have some fun. So we have, you know, decades of knowing each other. For me to watch you uh, witness how you have grown, the path that you have taken, 
the things that you've done for the community, I really commend you and I honor, I'm honored to know you, Tyrone, and I'm honored to be able to have these discussions. And I hope that you'll come back and have some more discussions so that we can get these uncomfortable conversations going so that healing can come on. Thank you for creating the book. It's a beautiful book. I bought it right away, right when I found it. And I hope others will go out and support. That is what's needed in the community too. If we want knowledge, we also have to support that knowledge. And we have to support the people that, like you said, in the trenches, because you need the support. I appreciate you having me on and all the encouragement you've been giving me over the years. It's it's, uh, greatly appreciated, you know, and thank you for having the space and the worthwhile and, and also the courage to put this out there, right? Because there's a space that's needed for it. And, you know, I'm very happy that you're able to invite me in this space at this time to express myself. And hopefully, like you said, you know, we can reach um, some other people as well. But I'll definitely be back. Um, like I said, I'm home. So whenever you want any topic you want to touch on, I am you know, no stranger uh, to these hot topics, right? So thank you. Thank you once again, Nat, for having me on. And um, I'm greatly appreciative of all you do. Thank you, Tyrone. Remember to be kind to yourself. I'll do that and you do the same. I will. Thank you for making it to the end. I appreciate you and your time. If you found any value in this conversation, I ask you to help us grow by subscribing to the Lift Oneself podcast and more sharing it out to others. The more that we have conversation and dialogue that are honest and open, that is when we can remove the stigmas around mental health. Until next time, remember, be kind and gentle with yourself. You matter.